was very hungry for it. I, I actually described it as famished. I felt as if I needed it. And not only that, I wanted it. That is the voice of the GOAT, Serena Williams. And she'll be giving us seven super tips on today's Super You podcast. That's one small step for man. Lift off. We have a lift off. We choose to go to the moon, not because they are easy, but because they I are hard. I have a dream. You can't handle the truth. Seven. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Super, 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 super. Super you. Thank you for joining us for today's Super You Podcast, a podcast designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that's within all of us. We just need the courage to wear the cape. And this person has had courage to wear the cape for 41 years. She is still one of the greatest tennis players out there, but she announced her retirement. Depending on when you listen to this, it doesn't matter because it's going to be evergreen. So if you're listening to this a year from now, these tips are still going to remain relevant from this champion. But Serena Williams announced her retirement retirement this morning and so her last tournament will be at Flushing Meadow that's right the U.S. Open in New York if you've never been to that tournament it is a fantastic venue and it's a great weekend to stay in New York obviously I prefer to stay the second week because the tournament's in full swing most of the good players are still around but it's a little easier to get access a little closer to those players and it's very simple you just take the uh, take the train and you take the old subway down to Flushing Meadow get off at the stop, walk into the stadium. If you're lucky enough, maybe you'll be at Arthur Ashe Stadium for one of the big night matches. Those night matches get a little wild. As you can imagine, people are a little overserved. It's New York. People like to share their voice and share their energy. So that's what makes it special. But Serena Williams has also made it very, very special. She has won 23 Grand Slam titles. She announced her retirement. It was interesting about her announcement, and I recommend that you all go read it out there. I'll bring in pieces of that retirement announcement because very, very well thought out, very well written. Uh, She said it's not a joyful time to announce her retirement, that if she was a man, she'd continue to play, but she's got this pull on her because she's got her her daughter, of course, and her daughter wants to be a big sister. And Serena comes from a family of five other sisters, and those sisters were her heroes. And so she didn't like the fact that she had to choose between the two, uh, but she's going to choose family right now and a lot of people say well you didn't you're not the greatest you're not the goat you're not the greatest of all time because margaret court had won 24 matches well before the modern era of tennis so i mean i think it's comparing apples to oranges but serena doesn't care she can still tie it you're gonna have the world watching and rooting for serena williams at the u.s open to win and tie that record i know that i will be cheering her on her story's amazing if you haven't seen the movie king richard go check it out um it's a fantastic movie i know will smith's in there i know he hit chris rock he shouldn't have hit chris rock uh so i feel a little odd promoting that movie but just watch the movie from a standpoint of not only the dad king richard richard williams who controversial figure but at the end of the day his kids have all been pretty successful both in school and also the two that we know most venus and serena on the tennis courts also serena's somewhat near and dear to my heart because she was born a lot of people don't know this because they grew up in compton they grew up in the hood so that's why you got 
check out this movie, we take for granted that these two girls, Venus and Serena, came from nothing. They made their way out to become arguably, they are the best sister combination of all time, but Serena is arguably the greatest player of all time. So definitely check out that movie. It's just amazing, the journey that they've made. Now that movie's more about Venus uh, because Serena was more the little sister in the shadow. And she'll talk about that a little bit on the show here today. But that made her who she is today, being in that shadow of Venus made her the champion that she is today. But yes, most people don't know she was born in Saginaw, Michigan. Saginaw, Michigan. My grandparents are from Saginaw, Michigan. My grandfather always used to tell the joke, which little boys, of course, love. What is Saginaw spelled backwards? It is, of course... You guessed it, wanna guess. But we're not gonna tell dad jokes on today's show or granddad jokes for that for that meeting today. What we're gonna get are seven points, no pun intended, seven super tips from the one and only Serena Williams. Here's Serena with point number one. Venus is like playing myself because we we grew up playing each other, we grew up practicing together, and it was something that was it's been difficult because she's my toughest opponent. She's tall, she's fast, she hits hard like me, she serves like me, and she knows, but she knows where I'm hitting the ball before I hit it. So it's something that is not very easy, but it's really about um, when I go out there, I really have to shut down my mind. I have to say to myself, you know what? I'm just playing a great player, but today I have to be better. I don't care who it is, if it's my sister, if it's my friend, Today is the day I have to show up and I have to be better and I have to want it more than anyone else at this moment anywhere on this world. I think it's important for people to realize you can be successful, but you can still have a wonderful relationship. On the court, we are mortal enemies, but the second we shake hands, it's, it's, it, we are best friends again. Here's Serena on retirement, and she says, the one thing I'm not going to do is sugarcoat this. I know that a lot of people are excited about retirement and look forward to retiring, and I really wish that I felt that way. Now, Ashley Barty was number one in the world when she left the sport this March, and I believe she really felt ready to move on. Carolyn Wozniacki, who is one of my best friends, felt a sense of relief when she retired in 20. 20. Praise to these people, but I'm going to be honest, there is no happiness in this topic for me. I know it's not the usual thing to say, but I feel a great deal of pain. It's the hardest thing that I could ever imagine. I hate it. I hate that I have to be at this crossroads. I keep saying to myself, I wish it could be easy for me, but it's not. I'm torn. I don't want it to be over, but at the same time, I'm ready for what's next. I don't know how I'm going to be able to look at this magazine when it comes out, knowing that this is it. The end of the story that started in Compton, California with a little black girl who just wanted to play tennis. That's what makes Serena, Serena. She's open and honest. She is the Tiger Woods of tennis without all the personal baggage. Uh, She's just a tremendous influence and a tremendous example for all the young girls to look up to. Amazing, amazing. And boys to look up to and to replicate. All right, here we are with tip number two. For me, when I grew up, I always wanted to be the best. And I said, if you want to be the best, 
got to emulate the best. So when I started to go on tour when I was really young, I would see Steffi Graf, I would see Monica Seles, and I would even see Pete Sampras, um, and I would see what they did. And I noticed that Steffi and Monica didn't really talk to a lot of the other players, and they kind of were on their own, and they were just so focused. And I would see that Pete Sampras, the technique that he did, and, and, I, and I was like, I want to do that. So I did that, and I felt like to be the best, and if you want to be the best, you have to hang around people, and you have to look at people that are the best, because you're not going to be the best if you're looking at someone that's not at the top yeah. level. I talked about the movie King Richard, and here's Serena talking about that inner retirement. She says, if you watch King Richard, then you know that when I was little, I was not very good at tennis. I was so sad when I didn't get all the early opportunities that Venus got, but that helped me. It made me work harder, turning me into a savage fighter. I'd travel to tournaments with Venus as her hitting partner, and if there was an open slot to play, then I'd be able to play in that tournament. I followed her around the world and watched her. When she lost, I understood why, and I made sure that I wouldn't lose the same way. That's crazy, right? You're learning from others. That's what we talk about. Fail fast, fail forward, fail better. Doesn't always have to be you that you can actually learn from others, from other companies. And that's what Serena was saying. And that's how she says she continues. That's how I started to move so fast up in the rankings because I learned the lessons from Venus's losses instead of the hard way from my own. It was as if I was playing her matches too. Here's Serena with tip number three. It's interesting because when you're a teenage female growing up in the public eye, it is a lot of scrutiny that you face. And as any female that's a teenager, I definitely was not comfortable in my body. I didn't like it. I didn't understand why I had muscles. I didn't understand what I, and I stopped lifting weights. I was like, I'm not going to do this. But then after I won the US Open, I realized that my body helped me reach goals that I wanted to reach. And I wanted to be happy with it and I was so appreciative of it and I was, I'm always healthy, I'm really fortunate and super blessed and I felt like not only am I happy with my body but I want other people and other young girls that have experienced what I've experienced um, to be happy with themselves. So whatever people say, masculine, whatever, too much, too little, I'm okay with it as long as I love myself. All right, as we move on to tip number four, this is really interesting what she says here because it's something I think all of us parents wrestle with. When do we push? When do we pull back? I think every kid would quit something that they love at some point if there wasn't someone saying, no, you stay the course. It could be, I already paid for this. I paid for this golf camp. You're going to finish it, young man, young woman. Or it might be, we paid for this camp. You're going to get it done. We paid for the season, season so you're going to see it through. You've committed to this team, so you're going to see it through. All of us, including myself, I mean, I love, love, love basketball, but you have those days where you're like, is it worth it? I'm just going to quit. I just want to enjoy, quote unquote, enjoy life. Uh, but actually that path most of the time when you don't have that vocation you're not really enjoying it it's those breaks that are nice from the hard work but if you don't have that hard work it's just unfulfilling but here we are here's her words i think tennis by comparison has always felt like a sacrifice though it's one i enjoyed making when you're younger you see kids having fun you want to do this that stuff but you know you have to be on the court hoping that one day it will all pay off i got pushed hard by my parents nowadays so many parents say let your kids do what they want. Well, that's not what got me where I am. I didn't rebel as a kid. I worked hard and I followed the rules. I do want to push Olympia, that's her daughter, not in tennis, but whenever captures her interest. But I don't want to push too hard. I'm still trying to figure out that balance. And I think we're all trying to find that balance. Here's Serena with tip number four. 
I hate to lose, but I think losing has brought me to here today. It's the only reason I am who I am is because of my losses. And some of them are extremely painful, but I wouldn't have taken any of them away because every time I lose, it takes a really long time for me to lose again because I learned so much from it. And I think I encourage like everyone that I talk to, I'm like, listen, if you lose or if something happens, not in sports, in business or in school, learn from it. Don't live in the past, live in the present, and don't make the same mistakes in the future. And that's something that I always try to live by. When Serena's asked about her legacy, this is her response. I don't particularly like to think about my legacy. I get asked about it a lot, and I never really know exactly what to say. But I'd like to think that thanks to opportunities afforded to me, women athletes feel that they can be themselves on the court. They can play with aggression and pump their fists. They can be strong, yet beautiful. They can wear what they want and say what they want and kick butt and be proud of it. Serena continues, I've made a lot of mistakes in my career. Mistakes are learning experiences and I embrace those moments. I'm far from perfect, but I've always taken a lot of criticism and I'd like to think that I went through some hard times as a professional tennis player so that the next generation could have it easier. Over the years, I hope that people come to think of me as symbolizing something bigger than tennis. I admire Billie Jean because she, that's Billie Jean King, because she transcended her sport. Here's Serena Williams from Saginaw, Michigan with tip number five. I always believe I can win. I never go into a tournament saying I'm going to lose. You know, I just think, first of all, that's bad thinking. And I'm just thinking, oh, I never I never say, oh, I hope to do this or I hope to, you know, beat her. I always go into a tournament thinking I have a chance to win or else I'm not going to play. That moment I said, you know what, I'm not going to lose. And, you know, if I do go down, I'm going to go down playing the best I can play. And I always say that if I play well or if I play 50, 60 percent, it's hard for anyone to beat me, let alone 75 to 90, 100 percent. As we move on to tip number six, Serena talks a little bit, here I'm going to read it, but she talks a little bit about the upcoming tournament, the big tournament, right? The U.S. Open that's coming up. So she has a chance to tie the record of 24 Grand Slams, Margaret Court. So the world will be rooting for her, I guarantee you that. And here's what she said. I know there's a fan fantasy that I might tie Margaret that day in New York and then the trophy ceremony say, see ya. I get that. It's a good fantasy, but I'm not looking for some ceremonial final encore moment. I'm terrible at goodbyes. The world's worst. But please know that I'm more grateful for you than I can ever express in words. You have carried me to so many wins and so many trophies. I'm going to miss that version of me, that girl who played tennis. And I'm going to miss you. Well, she's still that girl playing tennis, at least for one last go round at the U.S. Open. And here she is with tip number six. I was very hungry for it. I actually described it as famished. I felt as if I needed it. And not only that, I wanted it. And those combined, you know, just was a real killer. And it was a devastating to whoever I was playing. It was like, and I faced a lot of adversities. I got blisters. I couldn't walk. Like mm. I would play a match. And after the match, I would hop to the shower. I remember one day hopping on one leg because it was hurting so bad. And then the next day I would, I couldn't even practice. I just lay down all day. And then I go out the next day and I play a match. You know, it was all about wanting it more than anything. And I think that was just a, a major turnaround. 
Serena says she's going to miss that little girl that played tennis, but here's a little insight into that little girl, Serena Williams. She says that her whole life up to now has been tennis and that her dad says, I first picked up a racket when I was three, but I think it was even earlier. There's a picture of Venus pushing me in a stroller on a tennis court and I couldn't have been more than 18 months. Unlike Venus, who's always been stoic and classy, I've never been one to contain my emotions. I remember learning to write my alphabet for kindergarten and not doing it perfectly and crying all night. I was so angry about it. I'd erase and rewrite that A over and over. And my mother let me stay up all night while my sisters were in bed. That's always been me. I want to be great. I want to be perfect. I know perfect doesn't exist, but whatever my perfect was, I never wanted to stop until I got it right. Speaking of getting it right, here is our final point from Serena Williams. Point number seven. Well, I think one of the main things that we went through and still go through is um, people saying, this is our sport. We've never seen anyone like that looks like you, that is your color, that has come into our sport and just really dominate, you know, and um, we don't really like it. We're going to play you harder. We're going to do things to win, to make it look different so we can have this opportunity. We're not going to play everyone else like this, but against you, this is what we're going to do. Um, also, just having to deal with, um, for me at times, different sponsors that weren't as supportive because I may have been, I'm, because I'm African-American, one because I'm black, basically. So that is also interesting. Um, and then, you know, just when you are coming into a sport like tennis, where historically it has been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of people that are white and that are successful and that are doing really well. And tennis is like in a, 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 for lack of a better word, an elitist sport, right? Mm -hmm. So it has Absolutely. different types of sponsors as different. It's similar to golf in a way. Um, yes. You can't really play tennis and it was told so many years that you come into tennis unless you're really wealthy and you can afford the equipment and the, the, the clubs to go play at. Um, but Venus and I kind of were able to change that narrative and say like actually people who have less can do better because they want to work even harder and they want to be able to improve their situation. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, there was a lot of things that we had to go through. It's, you know, for me, I had that awful experience of being booed by the entire crowd. Um, but we also had some amazing pioneers like um, Althea Gibson and Arthur Ashe and Zena Garrison and Lori McNeil. These are some players that came before us that act, and Chanda Rubin even that opened so many different doors um, that we were able to benefit from because it was the late 90s. So we were able to benefit from a lot of the things that they went through and we didn't necessarily have it um, in the tennis world as intense as they probably did. Yeah, and I, just to piggyback on that too is that thankfully we had parents that helped us to know who we were in this world and that you may face things that other people might not face because of the color of your skin. But at the same time, the great part about tennis which is, can be different in places like corporate America, is that you can let your racket do the talking. So yeah, you get out absolutely. there, you win your matches, and you, you know, everybody yeah. wants to be friends with the winner. But then, you know, you start to see a paradigm shift. And and I Very think that's true. opened a lot of doors for a lot of young, young women and, and quite frankly, young men too. 
Well, I hope you got a lot out of today's Super U podcast. And even if you're not a tennis fan, I hope you pay attention and tune in to Serena's last hurrah here at the U.S. Open in New York City. If you're going to the Big Apple, definitely shoot us a note, equalman at equalman.com. I'd love to hear all about your experiences. Feel free to send any questions that you might have that we can answer. Those questions might run the gamut from all of my six books, whether it's about how to focus on big versus busy, whether it's specific to a socialnomics question, whether it's about digital leadership, whether it's about your kids on tools like TikTok. That's my what happens in Vegas stays on YouTube. So feel free to reach out anytime. It's equalman at equalman.com. Thanks again for tuning in to today's Super U podcast. It's the podcast designed to unlock and unleash the superpower that is within all of us. Serena Williams definitely had the courage to wear the cape. A young girl out of Compton, California that made it to become the greatest, the GOAT, the best of all time in tennis. Can you imagine that? It's unbelievable, the story. I mean, you can't even write this stuff, so definitely go check out more information on Serena Williams. A big help for this episode, as always, Jake Brin, Maritza Gutierrez, and Kelsey Gomez. Hat tip to Kelsey, who's a huge sports fan that made us aware of Serena's retirement. And Kelsey played soccer in college. Anyways, this is Equal Man reminding all of us, until next time, it's not what we take from the world, it is what we leave behind. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Super, 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 super you. 